Section 3 of Blacky the Crow by Thornton W. Burgess. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7 Blacky Tries Another Plan. When one plan fails, just try another. Declare you'll win some way or other. People who succeed are those who do not give up because they fail the first time they try. They are the ones who, as soon as one plan fails, get busy right away and think of another plan and try that. If the thing they are trying to do is a good thing, sooner or later they succeed. If they are trying to do a wrong thing, very likely all their plans fail, as they should. Now Blacky the Crow knows all about the value of trying and trying. He isn't easily discouraged. Sometimes it is a pity that he isn't, because he plans so much mischief. But the fact remains that he isn't, and he tries and tries until he cannot think of another plan and just has to give up. When he invited all his relatives to join him in tormenting Hooty the Owl, he thought he had a plan that just couldn't fail. He felt sure that Mrs. Hooty would leave her nest and help Hooty try to drive away his tormentors. But Mrs. Hooty didn't do anything of the kind, because Hooty was smart enough and thoughtful enough to lead his tormentors away from the nest into the darkest part of the green forest, where their noise wouldn't bother Mrs. Hooty. So she just settled herself more comfortably than ever on those eggs, which Blackie had hoped she would give him a chance to steal, and his fine plan was quite upset. Not one of his relatives had noticed that nest. They had been too busy teasing Hooty. This was just as Blackie had hoped. He didn't want them to know about that nest because he was selfish and wanted to get those eggs just for himself alone. But now he knew that the only way he could get Mrs. Hooty off of them would be by teasing her so that she would lose her temper and try to catch some of her tormentors. If she did that, then there would be a chance that he might slip in and get at least one of those eggs. He would try it. For a few minutes he listened to the noise of his relatives growing fainter and fainter as Hooty led them farther and farther into the green forest. Then he opened his mouth. Ah, 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 he screamed. Ah, 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 ah. Come back, everybody. Here is Mrs. Hooty on her nest. Ah, 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 ah. Now as soon as they heard that, all Blackie's relatives stopped chasing and tormenting Hooty and started back as fast as they could fly. They didn't like the dark part of the green forest into which Hooty was leading them. Besides, they wanted to see that nest. So back they came, cawing at the top of their lungs, for they were very much excited. Some of them never had seen a nest of Hooty's. And anyway, it would be just as much fun to tease Mrs. Hooty as it was to tease Hooty. "'Where is the nest?' they screamed as they came back to where Blackie was cawing and pretending to be very much excited. "'Why!' exclaimed one. "'That is the old nest of Redtail the Hawk. I know all about that nest.' And he looked at Blackie as if he thought Blackie was playing a joke on them. "'It was Redtail's, but it is Hooty's now.' "'If you don't believe me, just look in it,' retorted Blackie. At once they all began to fly over the top of the tree where they could look down into the nest. And there, sure enough, was Mrs. Hooty, her great round yellow eyes glaring up at them angrily. Such a racket! Right away Hooty was forgotten, and the whole crowd at once began to torment Mrs. Hooty. Only Blackie sat watchful and silent, waiting for Mrs. Hooty to lose her temper 
and try to catch one of her tormentors. He had a hope, a great hope, that he would get one of those eggs. End of Chapter 7 Chapter 8 Hooty Comes to Mrs. Hooty's Aid No one can live just for self alone. A lot of people think they can, but they are very much mistaken. They are making one of the greatest mistakes in the world. Every teeny-weeny act, no matter what it is, affects somebody else. That is one of Old Mother Nature's great laws. And it is just as true among the little people of the green forest and the green meadows as with boys and girls and grown people. It is Old Mother Nature's way of making each of us responsible for the good of all and of teaching us that always we should help each other. As you know, when Blacky the Crow called all his relatives over to the nest where Mrs. Hooty was sitting on her eggs, they at once stopped tormenting Hooty and left him alone in a thick hemlock tree in the darkest part of the green forest. Of course, Hooty was very, very glad to be left in peace, and he might have spent the rest of the day there sleeping in comfort. But he didn't. No, sir, he didn't. At first, he gave a great sigh of relief and settled himself as if he meant to stay. He listened to the voices of those noisy crows growing fainter and fainter and was glad. But it was only for a few minutes. Presently those voices stopped growing fainter. They grew more excited sounding than ever, and they came right from one place. Hooty knew then that his tormentors had found the nest where Mrs. Hooty was, and that they were tormenting her just as they had tormented him. He snapped his bill angrily, and then more angrily. I guess Mrs. Hooty is quite able to take care of herself, he grumbled, but she ought not to be disturbed while she is sitting on those eggs. I hate to go back there in that bright sunshine. It hurts my eyes, and I don't like it, but I guess I'll have to go back there. Mrs. Hooty needs my help. I'd rather stay here, but... He didn't finish. Instead, he spread his broad wings and flew back towards the nest in Mrs. Hooty. His great wings made no noise, for they are made so that he can fly without making a sound. "'If I once get hold of one of those crows,' he muttered to himself, "'if I once get hold of one of those crows, I'll—' He didn't say what he would do, but if you had been near enough to hear the snap of his bill, you would have guessed the rest. All this time the crows were having what they called fun with Mrs. Hooty. Nothing is true fun which makes others uncomfortable.' but somehow a great many people seemed to forget this. So, while Blacky sat watching, his relatives made a tremendous racket around Mrs. Hooty, and the more angry she grew, the more they screamed and called her names and darted down almost in her face as they pretended that they were going to fight her. They were so busy doing this, and Blacky was so busy watching them, hoping that Mrs. Hooty would leave her nest and give him a chance to steal the eggs he knew were under her, that no one gave Hooty a thought. All of a sudden he was there, right in the tree close to the nest. No one had heard a sound, but there he was, and in the claws of one foot he held the tail feathers of one of Blackie's relatives. It was lucky, very lucky indeed for that one, that the sun was in Hooty's eyes, and so he had missed his aim. Otherwise there would have been one less crow. Now it is one thing to tease one lone owl, and quite another to tease two together. Besides, there were those black tail feathers floating down to the snow-covered ground. Quite suddenly, those crows decided that they had had enough fun for one day, 
and in spite of all Blacky could do to stop them, away they flew, cawing loudly and talking it all over noisily. Blacky was the last to go, and his heart was sorrowful. How ever could he get those eggs? End of chapter 8 Chapter 9 Blacky Thinks of Farmer Brown's Boy Such luck, grumbled Blacky, as he flew over to his favorite tree to do a little thinking. Such luck! Now all my neighbors know about the nest of Hooty the Owl, and sooner or later one of them will find out that there are eggs in it. There is one thing about it, though, and that is that if I can't get them, nobody will. That is to say, none of my relatives can. I've tried every way I can think of, and those eggs are still there. My, 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 how I would like one of them right now. Then Blacky the Crow did a thing which disappointed scamps often do, began to blame the ones he was trying to wrong because his plans had failed. To have heard him talking to himself, you would have supposed that those eggs really belonged to him, and that Hooty and Mrs. Hooty had cheated him out of them. Yes, sir, that is what you would have thought if you could have heard him muttering to himself there in the treetop. In his disappointment over not getting those eggs, he was so sorry for himself that he actually did feel that he was the one wronged, that Hooty and Mrs. Hooty should have let him have those eggs. Of course, that was absolute foolishness, but he made himself believe it just the same. At least, he pretended to believe it. And the more he pretended, the angrier he grew. This is often the way with people who try to wrong others. They grow angry with the ones they have tried to wrong. When at last Blacky had to confess to himself that he could think of no other way to get those eggs, he began to wonder if there was some way to make trouble for Hooty and Mrs. Hooty. And it was right then that he thought of Farmer Brown's boy. Blacky's eyes snapped. He remembered how, once upon a time, Farmer Brown's boy had delighted to rob nests. Blacky had seen him take the eggs from the nests of Blacky's own relatives, and from many other feathered people. What he did with the eggs, Blacky had no idea. Just now he didn't care. If Farmer Brown's boy would just happen to find Hooty's nest, he would be sure to take those eggs, and then he, Blacky, would feel better. He would feel that he was even with Hooty. Right away he began to think of some way to bring Farmer Brown's boy over to the lonesome corner of the green forest, where Hooty's nest was. If he could once get him there, he felt sure that Farmer Brown's boy would see the nest and climb up to it, and then, of course, he would take the eggs. If he couldn't have those eggs himself, the next best thing would be to see someone else get them. Dear me, dear me, such dreadful thoughts. I am afraid that Blacky's heart was as black as his coat. And the worst of it was, he seemed to get a whole lot of pleasure in his wicked plans. Now right down in his heart he knew that they were wicked plans, but he tried to make excuses to himself. Hooty the Owl is a robber, said he. Everyone is afraid of him. He lives on other people, and so far as I know, he does no good in the world. He is big and fierce, and no one loves him. The green forest would be better off without him. If those eggs hatch, there will be little owls to be fed, and they will grow up into big, fierce owls like their father and mother. So if I show Farmer Brown's boy that nest, and he takes those eggs, I will be doing a kindness to my neighbors. So Blacky talked to himself and tried to hush the still, small voice 
down inside that tried to tell him that what he was planning to do was really a dreadful thing. And all the time he watched for Farmer Brown's boy. End of Chapter 9 Chapter 10 Farmer Brown's Boy and Hooty Farmer Brown's boy had taken it into his head to visit the green forest. It was partly because he hadn't anything else to do, and it was partly because, now that it was very near the end of winter, he wanted to see how things were there, and if there were any signs of the coming of spring. Blacky the Crow saw him coming, and Blacky chuckled to himself. He had watched every day for a week for just this thing. Now he would tell Farmer Brown's boy about that nest of Hooty the Owl. He flew over to the lonesome corner of the green forest where Hooty and Mrs. Hooty had made their home, and at once began to caw at the top of his voice and pretend that he was terribly excited over something. Ah, 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 shouted Blacky. At once all his relatives within hearing hurried over to join him. They knew that he was tormenting Hooty, and they wanted to join in the fun. It wasn't long before there was a great racket going on over in that lonesome corner of the green forest. Of course, Farmer Brown's boy heard it. He stopped and listened. "'Now I wonder what Blacky and his friends have found this time,' said he. "'Whenever they make a fuss like that, there's usually something to see there. I believe I'll go over and have a look.' So he turned in the direction of the lonesome corner of the green forest, and as he drew near, he moved very carefully so as to see all that he could without frightening the crows. He knew that as soon as they saw him, they would fly away, and that might alarm the one they were tormenting, for he knew enough of crow ways to know that when they were making such a noise as they were now making, they were plaguing someone. Blacky was the first to see him, because he was watching for him, but he didn't say anything until Farmer Brown's boy was so near that he couldn't help but see that nest and Hooty himself sitting up very straight and snapping his bill angrily at his tormentors. Then Blacky gave the alarm, and at once all the crows rose in the air and headed for the green meadows, cawing at the top of their lungs. Blacky went with them a little way. The first chance he got, he dropped out of the flock and silently flew back to a place where he could see all that might happen at the nest of Hooty the Owl. When Farmer Brown's boy first caught sight of the nest and saw the crows darting down toward it and acting so excited, he was puzzled. That's an old nest of Redtail the Hawk, he thought. I found that last spring. Now what can there be there to excite those crows so? Then he caught sight of Hooty the Owl. Ha! So that's it, he exclaimed. Those scamps have discovered Hooty and have been having no end of fun tormenting him. I wonder what he's doing there. He no longer tried to keep out of sight, but walked right up to the foot of the tree, all the time looking up. Hooty saw him, but instead of flying away, he snapped his bill just as he had at the crows and hissed. That's funny, thought Farmer Brown's boy. If I didn't know that to be the old nest of red-tailed hawk, and if it weren't still the tail end of winter, I would think that was Hooty's nest. He walked in a circle around the tree, looking up. Suddenly he gave a little start. Was that a tail sticking over the edge of the nest? He found a stick and threw it up. It struck the bottom of the nest, and out flew a great bird. It was Mrs. Hooty. Blacky the Crow chuckled. End of chapter 10 End of section 3